It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. Happy Memorial Day to all the people that have served this country, past, present, and future. We appreciate everything that they have done. I know I was five years Air Force, five years of the best time of my life. I absolutely loved it. In fact, that's what brought me to Gulfport, Mississippi. Never even heard of this area growing up in Iowa, but I love it. I've made it home for many, many years. But today, the theme of this show is in life, it's never how we start. It's how we finish. I know if you're like me, I started off as a screwed up individual. I was just a wild guy. I, you know, partied, went, done crazy things. But, you know, there was a time in life I got serious about life. I met God and things have changed. So I want to finish strong. You're about to hear a story of a young lady, Jennifer. She was the same way. She was a little partier growing up and had a couple children out of wedlock, but she finished strong. Yes, unfortunately, she finished last week. She was only 45 years old and she went to be with Jesus. But when you hear her story that I recorded with her in 2019, the transformation was astounding. And I have her husband in here, Rodney Williams. And we're going to talk when we come back after listening to her story. And he's going to offer some hope and some comfort for those that have lost a loved one. So let's listen to Jennifer's story. I'm Jennifer Williams, and this is my story. My parents did not do drugs. They did not drink, but they had a lot of hurts and problems from from their childhood. And the one thing I knew growing up in a house with a lot of anger and with a lot of issues was I wanted to be out. I wanted to be out of there. And uh, when I turned 17, I moved out, got my first apartment with a boy who was uh, selling drugs. And uh, our, our apartment was the hangout place for everybody. And uh, what started off as fun, what started off as, as just going and partying and that kind of thing turned into uh, 12 years of an addiction. And uh, when it was all over, I had two children out of wedlock. Uh, one was two, one was one, got in some trouble with the law. And uh, here I am, high school dropout, uh, trailer park trash in South Mississippi with nothing except for two children and on welfare. And by the grace of God, I got in trouble with the law. That was the best thing that ever happened to me, aside from meeting Jesus, was getting in trouble with the law. And they gave me a choice, 18 years in prison or you go to drug court. So uh, drug court it was. So after spending several weeks in jail and then going to rehab, um, I didn't go to a Christian rehab. Uh, the rehab that I went to was didn't have anything to do with the religious aspect. But the one thing I did know growing up um, is that there was a God. And um, I knew that my life was so bad, I had messed it up so bad, that the only thing that could possibly help me was a God. And that last weekend that I was in rehab, uh, I sat on the bed there and I said, you know, God, I know that, that there is a God and my life is so bad that if anybody's going to fix it, it's going to be you. And I went home from rehab not knowing what would happen, not knowing where I would live, not knowing um, what was going to happen to me. And I went home in a police car. 
went back and, and sat with the drug court director and she said, uh, this is how things are going to be. You're going to move out of that trailer. Your sister's agreed to let you live with her. And um, for the next two years, we are going to help you. And uh, I hated them. <laughs> um, I didn't want to be there, you know. Um, I hated the whole idea of the law being in, involved in my life, had a lot of resentment. And um, when I got in trouble with the law, my sister was the person who said, don't drop her charges. Um, you need to press them to, to the fullest extent of the law because she knew I had a drug problem. And when I went to the court, the courtroom was cleared out, and the only people that were there were Judge Kathy King-Jackson, the drug court coordinator, and my sister, and I knew it was going to be a very bad day. And my sister loved me enough that she was willing to let me hate her to get me help. And... um that was the best thing aside from meeting the Lord and, and becoming a Christ follower that could have ever happened to me. And uh, when I came home from from being in jail for several weeks and then going to rehab, uh, the drug court coordinator sat down and talked to me and said, um, your sister has allowed you to move into her house. So I had no clothes, no car, no nothing. And uh, my sister came and picked me up, took me to pick up my two children who, by the way, when I was in rehab, their father is who they were staying with. Katrina had just happened. Hurricane Katrina had just happened. I spent Hurricane Katrina in Jackson County Jail. And um, while I was gone to rehab, um, Katrina came through and he was able to get tens of thousands of dollars in insurance money. So I had these two babies at home with a drug addict who's spending thousands of dollars on drugs while I'm gone. And my prayer was, God, please let my children be alive. Let me be able to go back and pick them up. Let them be safe. And um Anyway, I went back and, and got my children with my sister that night, and she let us move into her house. And this was someone who I treated absolutely horribly, had had just been the worst person you can imagine. But um, by grace, by by God just giving her a heart of kindness toward me, allowed me to move into her house. Her youngest child was 13. My youngest child was uh, two. And um, we moved into her house, and my kids were spilling stuff and breaking stuff and being, you know, a two- and a three-year-old. And... Um, she was so good and so kind to us, allowed us to live there for a year, helped me to get started going to school and, and, and turning in some paperwork to be able to get some uh, grants and some scholarships to go to school. And um, anyway, through that process, uh, first, uh, first of all, I ended up getting my real estate license because I knew I had to get a job and I knew I had to do better than a cashier at Walmart to be able to take care of these kids. And um, got a job, my first job. I made $221 a week and my daycare fees were $160 a week. And drug court said, we don't care, go to work. I was like, you don't understand. I'm making 160, uh, making 221 bucks and my daycare fees $160. And they said, we don't care. So I cleaned houses. I laid tile floor with a bunch of guys. I did whatever I could to earn some money. And uh, anyway, but through faithfulness to that that job, God opened up the door for me to have a better job and uh, got a job working for the John Deere Corporation. And um, they said, we don't want to hire you. Um, the last person that we hired uh, was watching porn at work. And the other lady that we hired stole $500 from us. But because you got a reference from your church, we will we will let you come work here. And they did. And within... Um, Seven months, they had doubled my pay. They had given me keys to the company vehicles, allowed me to use their company credit cards. But they had seen this transformation happening in my life little by little. They could see that I wasn't lying to them, that I was showing up on time, that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And um, God continued to open up doors for me to be able to go to school. I ended up getting my master, uh, bachelor's degree and then getting my master's degree. And uh, through that situation of living at my sister's, um, she said, you've got so many problems going on. Drug court is not enough for you. You need to go get some Christian counseling. And so I went to the church. 
that my sister went to and told him, look, I need some counseling. Can you help me out? And they sent someone out there and uh, I go to meet this guy that they've sent out for counseling. And he says, look, I'm no counselor. What I can tell you is you need to give your life to Christ. And that's all I got for you. And I'm thinking, I don't have a car. I don't have a job. I get two, I have two kids and I came up all the way up here for this. And I was aggravated, you know. And I went back home, continued to live with my sister. And for months, she had been saying, um, there's a guy here that teaches a class and you need to go to his class. He wrote some book. And so um, I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to go there at all, much less go to an extra hour of Sunday school because I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't have the right car. I didn't fit in. And this was um, a very first baptist church where everybody seemed to have their act together. And um you know, I went there, I knew I needed God, but I didn't feel comfortable there. And my sister said, well, we're going to be here anyway. So we're not leaving early. You need to go ahead and find something to do for this other hour. So I finally went and I walk into the class and the person that's teaching the class is the counselor who gave me the one sentence of counseling. And I was like, oh, I cannot believe this is, this is who the count, you know, the class, the teacher is going to be. And uh, he introduces me to the class and he says, this is Jennifer. She's on drug court. She had a drug problem. She has two children out of wedlock. And I'm thinking, I am going to strangle you right now. Like I was so humiliated. I was so embarrassed. But what he did was he went through the whole class and said, this is so-and-so. She just went through a divorce. And this is so-and-so. He's on house arrest. And this is so-and-so. And what he was doing without really understanding is he was leveling the playing field. All the things that I was ashamed about, all the things I didn't want to be there about, um, he was showing that everybody's got their own problems. And he told me later, he said, uh, everybody here's got an issue. And if you just talk to him for five minutes, you'll realize they're all crazy. And uh, he was right. You know, I mean, everybody's got their hangups. But when you come from a background of shame and and uh, you don't feel comfortable in church, you know. And um, anyway, um, we many months later, he invited me out uh, to go to a ministry event and said, I really like you. And who knows, maybe one day we'll get married. I'd like to take you on a date and we'll raise these two children as our own. And I'm thinking, um you know, you're the craziest person I've ever met. You're the weirdest person I've ever met. Because out of all the guys that I had dated, none of them were forthcoming. None of them were good guys. They were all somebody who wanted something from you. I never dated a nice guy, so it freaked me out. And I went home and it took me about three days to get over it. And I prayed, uh, God, show me, you know, like this is how shallow I am. You know, this is how shallow I am, that that kind of stuff bothers me. Show me the character of someone. And uh, so I agreed to go on a date with him. And uh, he wanted to hold my hand on the first date. And I'm like, I'm not holding your hand. I'm just here for the dinner. You know, we're not we're not doing all that. And um, but anyway, uh, God showed me the character of a man and, and a good man. And uh, so anyway, we ended up, uh, ended up eventually getting, uh, you know, engaged and getting married and uh, being able to do ministry together. And um, we've had two more children since then. So we have a total of four. And God's been good in everything that I thought. I thought through drug court that the best I would do is to get a cashier job somewhere, you know, and and pray that I'll get some sort of benefits wherever I work to be able to raise my children and possibly be off welfare. And here I am, 12 years later, you know, on my own business now. Uh, God's put us in our own house. Um, God's put a network of people around me that have taken care of us and been so good to us um, that I can't possibly describe all the friends that we have, true people who truly love us now, not people who are there to get something from us. And uh, God's opened up the door for us to be able to go do all sorts of cool stuff. And the thing that I thought was the worst thing that I could possibly tell somebody is what I'm telling you right now. And it has opened up door after door after door for us. While I was in rehab, 
we did an exercise where they took you outside and they put you inside of a obstacle course and they blindfolded you and they said, if you just need help, raise your hand. Well, guess who the last person that raised their hand was? Me. And it, you know, it's like, if you just, if you, if you need help, just raise your hand. And that's the thing. Everybody's got their own stuff. You know, everybody's got issues. Everybody's got people in their family that have problems. And if you would just raise your hand, somebody would help you. And it doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what's in your past. It doesn't matter what law you've broken. It doesn't matter what kind of shame you're carrying. There is somebody there to help you. And if you just raise your hand, you got to raise your hand. You know, you got to ask for it. Life with Jesus is better than what I could have ever expected it to be. You know, I have peace. I really have peace in my home. Um, God has provided for us in ways that we can't, you know, we couldn't even imagine. And uh, the big thing is, is that we have peace. You know, um, don't live in fear every day and don't live in shame every day. That's the biggest thing is that God has provided a peace in our life that we never had before. Right after the break, we're going to talk with Rodney Williams, Jennifer's husband. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. It's hard to think of a more devastating feeling than losing what you put all your hopes in. What we all desire is a hope that can't be touched by death, disease, or disaster. Something that will never desert us. The only source of perfect hope is found in Jesus Christ. He died for your sins and desires to be in your heart to bring you perfect peace. If you want to learn how to have a personal relationship with Jesus, call or text us at 888-NEED-HIM or chat with us online at chataboutjesus.com. That's Wayburn Dean. I love that song. What will your legacy be? And uh, Rodney Williams, the uh, husband of Jennifer Williams, you just heard her story. So, uh, what would you say Jennifer's legacy was? Well, she uh, she loved God, you know, and uh, you know she she lived a life of darkness, tried the things of the world, which never satisfied her, brought her into complete uh, destruction, pretty much her life. But then. Uh, then she wanted to change, and that's what she did. She turned to Jesus, and uh, what a what a change he did. And he's used her to reach so many people, and 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 through her testimony and through her life, and uh, just uh, just been the light that we're all supposed to be is to go out and to uh, share the light in the life of Jesus. Well, and what I also like about her testimony, Rodney, is how she got out. She went on and and got a, a master's degree, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, she was a uh, straight A student. You know, she was a high school dropout, and then would go take her GED and begin college. And of course, dealing with kids, got two kids at the house, and then we'd have another kid. And uh, so dealing with the kids, not much money, but through the struggle, she went to school and was a straight A student all the way up to get her master's degree. And then go and get trained to be a, a naturopath, pathic uh, practitioner, and uh, and just uh, really excelled at these things, man. Just really, a, really a brilliant woman. And I think uh, she was forty five years old, right? Yes, sir. So a lot of us know people that all of a sudden it's just a blink of an eye, and they're not here anymore. Um, first of all, how are you doing? And what would you 
you know, my thing is that we have to live each day as if there isn't tomorrow. Doesn't the Bible even say that? We're not even promised yeah. a tomorrow. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears a little time and then vanisheth away. And that is so true that we're making plans for our, our little uh, mission trip to Florida. And uh, we bought clothes that day. And just like a regular night, uh, she fell asleep while we was watching a movie. And then uh, in the middle of the night, she just woke up, couldn't breathe. And, and a few minutes later, and went from laying in the bed with her to laying in the floor uh, with her, with her body, you know what I'm saying? And she was with Jesus, you know? So it was, uh, it was definitely a shock. Now she, now the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I know you believe that. And I believe that. So she's looking down at this crazy world. Now, what kind of advice do you think she'd share? Well, the time is short and, uh, you know, instead of living our life, you know, uh, for the world and the things of the world, trying to pursue, uh, different things of the world that, uh, should tell you to pursue Christ, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that's what's going to last. That's what's going to, uh, be long lasting is Jesus Christ, God himself. And, uh, you know, that, that's, I believe that's what she'd want everybody to know that we need to stop focusing on the things of the world and the pleasures of the world and begin to focus on God because this world is very, very temporary, but God is who we're going to serve and live with forever if we're believers. Amen. And um, one of the things that I mention a lot is, you know, even if we could snap our fingers today and everything on the political scene or the world was just all happy, it still wouldn't take the hell out of our life. It's a personal thing because sometimes we focus on the outside circumstances to bring us happiness, but it really comes from within when we get the hell out of our life and begin living with the promises of God, the promises of Jesus, pursuing our purpose, our calling in life. That's that's absolutely right. And uh, uh, the answers are not in the White House. The answer is not in the, in, the, in our politicians. Uh, the answer is in God. And uh, we live in a fallen world and a fallen man. And uh, it's going to disappoint you. It's going to fail you. Uh, but God, God is consistent. He's good. Uh, past, present, future. He's always been good, and he will always be good. And uh, that's that's where our destiny lies. You know what? What I think is fascinating, Rodney, is the video I did with her in 2019. Uh, it has circulated through social media over the last few days, and last I looked, it was over 12,000 views. So literally thousands and thousands of people have listened to her story over the last few days. Yeah, that's exciting. You know, they, that uh, that's what I hope in my life, that my legacy will uh, continue on, that the gospel will continue to be preached because there's so many people out there who still going day by day. They're wrapped up in the world. And uh, if what happened to Jennifer happened to them, uh, instead of having a wonderful uh, departure into the arms of Jesus, uh, they would go directly into torment, uh, a place that the Bible calls hell. Amen. Uh, listeners, uh, if you go to my Facebook page, thepromoter.org, you'll see uh, Jennifer's radiant, smiling face sharing her story, and she's so transparent. And I think that's what's important for all of us in life. Uh, she mentioned something in there that she was in an obstacle course, and she was one of them that wouldn't raise her hand for help. <laughs> yeah, being blindfolded. They blindfolded them. That's uh 
Yeah, and uh, and they said, if you need help, raise your hand. And then she was the last one to raise her hand. And it's showing you that we're dependent upon ourselves, thinking that we can figure it out. But if, if we just raise our hand, there's people there who will help you through your struggles and through your – and we all go through struggles. There's always hardships. Everybody goes through it. Uh, but there's people out there. That's what the Christian body is supposed to do to help each other out. And, and we felt the comfort. We felt the comfort from the Holy Spirit and comfort from Christians all around who's come in and, and supported us through this time of, of grief and uh, – and that's what it's so important to be in the body of Christ. You know, until I watched her video again, uh, I forgot that you were the one that was in the class teaching her. And she thought at first you were a little nutty. Who is this guy? And next thing you know, you're engaged and married and uh, had a couple children. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. God's uh, God's. Uh, God, God knew that we'd be together, you know, and of course she didn't like me and I really didn't like her when we first met, but, uh, as we both had come to Christ and God transformed us, changed us, she become beautiful to me and, and I become beautiful to her, you know, as we become more like Christ. So somebody out there listening, Rodney, that just lost a, a loved one and they're just going through grief, um, some words of comfort you may have for them. Well, uh, you know, the Bible says this too shall pass, uh, you know, in the natural, in the natural, I grieve, I hurt, I miss my wife, uh, but in the supernatural by faith, I know without a shadow of a doubt, she's with Jesus and me and my children, our family, one day we'll all be there together around Jesus, celebrating Jesus and, and we'll be together forever. No more hurts, no more pains, no more sadness. Uh, but the key thing is you need to know Jesus. You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so many people do not. And people can find out uh, more about your ministry. You and Jennifer did this together, Club Meth to Christ. Uh, how can they find uh, information about you? Because uh, Rodney travels and speaks to groups, to organizations. He has a couple books out. Explain that. Yeah, we have uh, Club Meth to Christ and Once an Addict Now Free, the two books that God told me to write. And uh, we've uh, printed over 120,000 books, do prison ministry across the nation. If you go to our website, clubmeth2christ.com, uh, you know, you can order a book or you can just send us an email and tell us uh, that you want a book. We'll send them out free. We give them out free all across the nation. All I need is an address, and uh, we'll send you the books. Uh, we just want to reach people, point people to freedom through Christ. Uh, so that's that's what we do, and we just uh, travel and, and share share the, the Word of God with others. To, that's how you're set free is turning to Jesus and giving him the the reins of your life and allowing him to lead you through. Uh. Amen. And, and listeners, I strongly encourage you to go to my website, thepromoter.org, and check out Rodney's story. It's, it's an incredible story. We're not talking about that today because it's a long story, but give them a little a trailer, a little tidbit uh, of your story, Rodney. This man is a walking miracle. Uh, just 20-something years of uh, drug addiction, uh, some of the in and out of jail, and then June 19, 2002, being blown up in a meth lab, second, third-degree burns, and surrendering my life to Christ in the process of God setting me free through the home of grace, uh, calling me to preach. And I was a pastor for eight years, been a full-time evangelist now for coming on nine years in July, and just uh, stories been aired around the world. And we're taking the light and the life of Jesus to the world because God has given me hope. We want to give others hope also. And listeners, go to my website and look under podcast Club Meth to Christ. You want to listen 
to his story. It's powerful. In fact, the 700 Club did a reenactment of your story uh, for the national audience, didn't they? Yes, they did. Uh, and we've we've been on many, many television shows and radios and podcasts and stuff that's aired around the world and uh, Unshackled Pacific Guard Mission in Chicago, which went into 147 countries, 10 different languages. So God's used us. Uh, we were absolutely nothing, lost in darkness, and in God, and when we fully surrendered to Him, He's taken He's taken our lives and the light of Jesus and, and spread it around the world. Amen. Well, Rodney, uh, I tell you, you and Jennifer have become just really awesome friends with me over the last few years, and it caught me off guard. I just heard about all this yesterday, and um, you know, I get so busy, wrapped up in in all the things I do. I don't look at a lot of the announcements on social media. I'm, I'm so sorry, but you have uh, so much joy because you're still going to continue what you and Jennifer were doing, and that is to go out and reach people for Jesus. That's right, and uh, you know, hey, like I said, it hurts. Uh, I'm sad in the in the humanity. I'm sad. I'm hurt. I miss my wife, but in in the spiritual. I've got faith, and I know without a shadow of a doubt I will see her again, and I'll be with Jesus forever and ever and ever, and uh, we are just here to finish our course. She's where I want to be, but, you know, I'm still here. I'm still here. i got kids to raise, and I raise them up to be godly children. Amen. Rodney Williams is a, a, a man after God's heart, and he is doing some work Friends, um, and you've brought your little boy in here today. What's his name? Samuel. He, he goes on the streets with me in New Orleans and uh, hands out books, and uh, we share Jesus with folks, and he's uh, he's really growing in the Lord. I'm proud of him. Amen. Hey, Samuel, here, you got a mic. I'm going to give you the mic. Uh, pretty much that your whole entire life is about to be pretty much prepared about Jesus, and your whole entire main course of life is to love Jesus, and if you don't, you're going to be tortured for the rest of eternity. Little evangelist Samuel, thank you. <laughs> All right, Rodney. God bless you, brother. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. What's your story? We're looking for stories of hope and overcoming life's struggles with God's grace. Your story validates God's love, mercy, restoration, and forgiveness. We want to help you share your story with the world. Visit our website, thepromoter.org, and click on the Share Your Story link and submit your story. Your testimony of God's amazing grace will change a person's destiny for eternity. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and the future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, have a beautiful, wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Eat lots of hamburgers, hot dogs, and watermelon. I'll be back next week with another great episode of Get the Hell out of your life. And remember this, if you get stranded on the obstacle of life, you don't know what direction to go, just raise your hand and say, Jesus, I need some help. Check out my website, thepromoter.org. There's a free resource on there, The Power of Faith, and I would love to send you a copy of my story absolutely free. 
Well, have a great weekend. And remember this, that I love you, God loves you, and it's time to get the hell out of your life. Get the Hell Out of Your Life is produced by Ron Myers Productions and is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 260 vendors from all over the United States, November 10th through the 12th, inside the Coast Convention Center, located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. If you would like to share your story of God's amazing grace or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.